It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Fight! Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. Welcome to the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. On this Tuesday, October 19th of 2021, 6.06 on the clock. Have a full show for you here this evening. As at the conclusion of this show, we'll jump right into the Columbus Blue Jackets pregame as they get ready to travel up to Detroit to take on the Red Wings this Ooh. evening. Looking to start out 3-0 and uh, on the young season. I'm sure, you know, everybody knows. It hasn't been the stiffest of competition. Obviously, first game, they completely route. Uh, the Coyotes, you play a new franchise, and the Kraken beat them in overtime. And a real chance to start out 3-0 and for the Blue Jackets, as we'll talk about that one probably later on in the show towards the end. But that the puck is supposed to drop at 7.30 for that matchup. Joey Medor alongside Andrew Allison and Connor Mills, and we have all kinds of topics to talk about this evening. Uh, I think we're going to start out talking about a little bit about the AFC teams and where everybody stands. But first off, gentlemen, how are we doing on this fine Tuesday as it seems like the weather is starting to take a change towards that, that fall weather. Yeah, it, it's about. right at that point where, like, in the morning you need a jacket, but then after you get out of class at, like, 11 o'clock, you're sitting there going, man, why did I wear a jacket? And then you're just carrying a jacket around like a fool all day. Yeah, it's a weird time of the year where when you wake up, depending on when you wake up, well, for it's you, cold. That's, that's 2 p.m. Could be. It's cold. Then it gets warm during the day, and then it, you know, gets colder at night. So you, you have no idea what you want to wear. Is that how it works? Well, is no. That, that but it I'm works most, most it, times? It makes it difficult to plan out what you're going to wear for the day, especially if you're out of the building, if you're out of your home for the whole day. That's all I'm saying. All right, absolutely fair enough. Well, let's get into this, uh, this discussion last night. We want to talk about the AFC, very top-heavy. I think everybody, I think you're a fool if you don't agree that it's the better of the two conferences this season, and uh, I think there was a pretty widely regarded around the league that, uh, you know, the Bills were that best team in the AFC, but then last night they drop a game on the road to Tennessee, who's not a bad football team by any stretch, but I don't think anybody's picking Tennessee to win a Super Bowl this year. I mean, they lost the Jets earlier on this year. They had some struggles with the Jaguars. We all know that if uh, you're able to stop Derrick Henry, you're pretty much able to stop the Titans. Currently speaking... Uh, if you look at the standings, 1 through 7, it goes Ravens, Chargers, Titans, Bills, Bengals, Raiders, and Steelers at the current juncture. Obviously, that means nothing right now. But there's obviously a few teams on the fringe. The Colts are 2-4, and four, but they're looking like they could turn the corner. Patriots also 2-4, and four, but a couple of really tough losses to some really good teams like Tampa. And uh, obviously, lots of Dallas over time this past week. There's a lot of teams in the AFC. Fellas, who would you say right now is the best team in the AFC moving forward as we into a little bit closer to the midway point of the season. I would, uh, I mean, man, that the Chiefs, are, you can't say the Chiefs, they're 500. I mean, they potentially could be at the end of the season playing better football. But as of right now, I mean, you got to, I, I would guess Chargers maybe? Chargers playing in a tough division, played some p tough opponents, got some good wins. Baltimore would be up there as well. If you had asked me right now who I think is the best 
I'd have to either go with Baltimore or I'd go with Tennessee. Uh, but I think the Baltimore Ravens are pretty good. And, uh, you know, maybe I would have said the Bills, right? Before last night, and Buffalo should have won that game. Yeah, I mean, it's to go down under a minute left to not kick the field goal to go for it on fourth and one. Mm. Now, granted, last, yesterday, Joey, you know, I, I went off on that sidetrack on the Steelers in overtime and, and having Boswell kick the field goal with so much time left and on third down. Yesterday was a situation where you're, you can literally spit and hit the uprights. <laughs> it's right there in front of you, right? It's a chip shot right in front of you with under a minute to go, not a guarantee to get the first down. Right? You're talking fourth and one with the field goal right in front of you. you got to kick that field goal. You can't. I, I understand putting trust in, in Allen's hands, but you got to kick that field goal. you got to go to overtime in that situation. It was a and weird play call, I think. Uh, on fourth and inches to line up in shotgun and then to go under center and try to run a quarterback sneak like you're going to fool him because you lined up in shotgun in the first place. I thought it was a it's, If you're going to run a sneak, just line up and run it. I mean, don't, don't try to get all the other variables involved, because as you saw, Allen comes under center, they slips, and then get the first down, and then they end up losing that game. Uh, I thought that was a very weird decision there. I think coaches make things so much harder sometimes. It's like, and man, if you have your, your – Josh Allen's every bit of 6'6". Six, six. Put him under center, fall forward. It's a first down. Like, there, there's no need to come out and shotgun, try to spread him out and get cute, and then, then go under center and try to run it. Maybe they, maybe they have multiple play calls, and they just said – if they do line up with us on the outside, just go under center and try to sneak it. Maybe that's what it was, but I don't know. That, that was a weird what That was a weird decision to end that game. But it's because of that last night that I'm not going to put the Bills as one of my top teams in the AFC. You know, I I just I, I mean I, not the top. They are one of the top teams. They are one of the, the top teams, but they're definitely not at the top. You know, I, I definitely think through the first six games here, you know, Baltimore has earned that number one, especially with all those injuries that they suffered at the beginning of the year. And I think we were joking about it yesterday, uh, you know, especially with the Browns having their two running backs with Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt, you know, down, uh, down in the dumps for a couple of weeks. Right now, you know, Baltimore kind of took all of your, your running backs in free agency. If there was a free agent running back that was anything, you know, of quality, you know, Baltimore, <laughs> Baltimore already signed them. Mm. Um, so right now, that kind of pushes the, the Browns into a questionable category. I definitely think that Baltimore is your, your top team in the AFC at this moment, and it's a good test for Cincinnati coming up this week. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't mind them going for it there on fourth. I, like you mentioned. No, I don't mind it per se. I didn't like the play. Yeah, it was or the way it was designed, I guess I should say. But, no, I mean, had they won that game, they probably would have been my number one. I just, I, I, I don't, if you were going to still back the Bills, I don't think that's a bad pick still to this point. I mean, they have had more dominating victories than any team in football to this point, except maybe Arizona. But that's obviously in the NFC. That's not what we're talking about right now. So, Right, right. But I almost did say the Cardinals, and I was like, nope, nope, <coughs> nope. Wrong league. Wrong, uh, wrong yeah, I side. I asked you to walk out of the studio. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know. The Chargers have had some good wins, and they're really bad loss last week. Yeah, really bad loss. So, no, I mean, I guess... I would go with the Ravens, and like Millsy said, you got, you had all these injuries. We thought this was going to end up being a struggle early on until people got healthy, and they're they're pretty much doing what once they figured out they did struggle early with some bad teams, but they still won. And once they figured out what they wanted to do, they've 
become pretty pretty dominant with it. And like Millsy said, tough test for Cincinnati, but Cincinnati wins. Does Cincinnati join this conversation? Well, I, it I is uh, with tiebreakers and all. If Cincinnati were to win this Sunday, they would be first place in the AFC. Um, we'll talk about that a little later on in the show. Um, but as you met, the AFC is just so tough right now. Like we said, the Chiefs are 3-3. Three and three. They're not even in the playoffs right now, but come on, like, Nobody thinks the Raiders and Broncos and, and the Chargers are going to out. Maybe the Chargers. But nobody thinks they're going to continue to outlast the Chiefs in terms of the playoff picture. Right. Um, you know, I think the Raiders are kind of pretenders right now, even though they sit in the sixth spot. But, God, it is tough. I mean, Buffalo is a really good team, and they, they had a game that they probably shouldn't have lost last night. And as you said, the thing about the Ravens being a 5-1 and one, and people are like, well, they lost to the Raiders week one. The thing about it is... And I, I think that's why it was wrong for everybody to panic so much is the fact that they went out and beat the Chiefs the next week. I mean, before the season started, many people probably said the Ravens would win, would win the Raiders game and lose the Chiefs game. So you probably had the Ravens at one and one regardless if you're a national pundit or anybody else. And then you probably would have said they were going to go on to win these next few games. Now, is it a bit of a prisoner of the moment? I don't know. I mean, Baltimore just completely stopped the Chargers, who many, team, who many people were picking the Chargers to go to Baltimore and win. And they lost 34 to six. Herbert mentioned himself how he was seeing looks out there that he had, he hadn't, hadn't even seen on film. He had no idea what they were throwing at him. And that's you know sometimes what Baltimore's defense with creativity can do. But there's a lot of teams. I mean Cincinnati is playing extremely well. They're the only team that cracked the Dan Campbell code and just completely obliterated the Lions. Nobody else was really able to do that this year. I don't think you could say they're the top team yet till they beat somebody because all of the Bengals' wins are against teams with losing records. I think I still lean the Bills because I think Josh Allen in that offense is extremely dangerous, and I really like their secondary. I don't know why they changed the game plan last night. They were manning up the Titans and doing extremely well. Tannehill threw a pick early. There was real no running game, passing game for Tennessee. It was just all about Henry. And then in that fourth quarter, Andrew, we were watching the game. For some reason, they were sitting back in zone and just letting the Titans pick them apart down the field, throwing 10, 15-yard completions over and over again. It was like... Yeah, and it wasn't like to the point where they could run prevent defense either. It no, wasn't right. like they were sitting in prevent and just like, oh, well, they ended up giving two touchdowns. It, it never wasn't a one-score game. Right. Yeah, it was a very weird mix-up there from, uh, from Buffalo. I think they almost outcoached themselves into losing that game, really, because, you know, Henry got his, and that's what Derrick Henry does. He has well over 100 yards and I think eight touchdowns in his last five games. I mean, there's, there's only so much you could do to control him. I just thought it was a good matchup for the Bills because... I thought they had the, the weapons on the outside to be able to match up with Tennessee, just playing man-to-man and loading up the box and, stop, and focusing on stopping the run. But that wasn't, uh, wasn't exactly what they ended up doing. But Buffalo, I think, have been the best team. I mean, let's not forget, they are just a week removed from completely obliterating the Chiefs and Arrowhead on that Sunday night game last week. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, the Ravens are up there. I, I, I agree. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I do think I give the nod to Buffalo. Not, not too often you'll see Millsy and I defending the Ravens on this. <laughs> while Joey, Joey yeah. says, no, they're not the top team. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is the twilight zone. And here's, I would have said Buffalo had it not been for McDermott trying to get cute in yesterday's game. Right? And, you know, I, I do want to be consistent on the point. There are times where you should kick a field goal, and there are times where I wish that they would not kick a field goal and try to go for a first down. But when the game is on the line, I mean, and you have a chance to tie it up, and you. I could, 
listen, I would be wrong today if, if they got first down and then they, they went in and scored. But I think the proponent I, is if you can't get an inch, you don't deserve to win the game. Right. And I, they didn't deserve to win it yesterday. <laughs> they, yeah. 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 But they should have at least been in the game and in overtime. They should have kicked that field goal. Yeah. I mean, it, it's tough. Both, it, it goes both ways. I mean, it, it, it's, it's just one of those things where it works out. People praise you. If it doesn't, they don't. You know, it's just last week kickers were missing kicks left and right. And everybody was saying, why is everybody kicking the ball so much? You know, and then you turn around this week and, you know, your, your fourth and inch is inside the five. I don't think it's dumb to go for it. I mean, they score a touchdown, they win the game. Uh, but at the same time, I like like you said, they did get cute there. I mean, I thought that was a just a, an odd thing to do on fourth down to line your quarterback up and shotgun and then try to, oh, we're, we're going to fool them. Now we're going to go under center and run a sneak. It's like no, everybody expects well, to run a sneak. It's fourth and inches. Like, and, and and Joe, you know, I, I think that you know, quote unquote, cuteness lining up in the shotgun, then hustling back underneath. You know, I I think that that hurt. Uh, Josh Allen, because Allen's feet just went out from underneath him. I mean, he just slipped. If he had his footing underneath center for the whole time and fell forward, or yeah. even just had some kind of a he's grip and push, yeah, yeah. Hey, line him up underneath forward, center. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't even need to move under center. And he's he um, he's supposed to be this great. I mean, he is, but he's a mobile, athletic guy. Like he's not like Roethlisberger, six six, where you're trying to you know tow the anchor across the line of scrimmage <laughs> to get the first down, but. I mean, he's a nimble, athletic guy. He's able to make plays with his feet. So it's just weird. I would just line him up under center, run the quarterback sneak, if that's your play call. See, but I would have done that in the first half with under a minute to go, not with the game on the line with a chance to tie it. Like, all right, third down, go for the first down. Fourth down happens, I don't care, fourth down and however long. Go to extend the game at that point. Why, why risk you know, it's it's going to be a risk either way, right? I mean, you can still get that field goal blocked, but why run the risk of losing the game by not being able to get, you know, the one yard when you could have easily just kicked that field goal, had a tie game, and then, you know, it's up to a coin flip, you know, who gets offense first into overtime, so on and so forth. But I, I, I just didn't like that play call for McDermott at the end. Yeah, I mean, I think you're thinking, I mean, let's, let's, Buffalo's defense, they gave up 37 points last night. So they weren't, you know, shutting down the Titans yeah. by, any, no. by any means in the second half. So maybe the worry is, well, if we tie it up and we don't get the ball to start overtime, we're not going to stop them. I mean, they're going to go down, score a touchdown. We're, our, our, you know, right. co- our great quarterback's never going to get to touch the ball again. It's, like, it's the same logic as in if you score a touchdown and to tie the game up, you've got to make the PAT to tie it up. Yeah. Do you just go for two? What on the flip? Decide the game right there. On the flip side of that, even if they do get that first down, they wouldn't. It's not guaranteed they won the game. It would have been right. first and goal with like 20 seconds left at the three. Right. You assume, you know, that they probably get the touchdown. They've been money in the red zone all year, and especially in that game yesterday. So, well, and that's the other thing too. You know, I mean, it's not a guarantee you get into the end zone, but you're running all that time off the clock to where if you did get that first down, you're going to limit your options with how much time that you had left. I think they had a timeout. I mean, you're at the three. I mean, they were at the three. You're going in the end zone if you're throwing anyway. You know, I, maybe it's just me being a fan. Maybe it's me just being a football fan, just putting it out there. But Oh, I wanted to see overtime, too. I had the well, Bills no, minus not, six. Not so. even overtime. But <laughs> I, when your team is down and you see them milking the clock and taking seconds off the clock, they are 
100% betting on themselves that they can go in there and score. That is but true. when you run the time off the clock, like what Trimble kind of does, right? Trimble, when they're up, they, they will milk the time off that clock, right? When you see college, I mean, Ohio, to start that second half on Saturday, they had a very long drive to start that third quarter. I mean, they were taking time off that clock. You wanted them to play trestle ball. I wanted them, and it, it's a little bit different situation with Ohio. I'm confused. Because right, I was the what third. Your point is. My yeah. point is. I don't, I don't know where this turned. In, instead of milking the clock to only give yourself one shot at the end of the game and leaving it up to a 50 okay. 50, yeah, I'd yeah. rather I them agree. go in I there. I agree. I'm not the proponent of, like, the. Uh, unless you're inside the five, like they were. Like, the, the whole Chargers not trying to not score a touchdown against the Browns. I. I I wasn't too big on that. Why? They would have won the game right there. You got to make the. You're, it's not a guarantee you make the field goal. I I, I just don't think that they wouldn't have when to, you're they losing. Would not have had to take it's the like field in goal. basketball when you're holding for the last shot, but you're down by two. Why would you yeah. hold for the last shot? You're losing. They they so didn't. Ha they wouldn't have had to make the field goal. I don't believe. I think so if he would have went down, the game just would have been. They would have had one more snap, and the game would have been over. What's you talking about in the, that Chargers Browns game? Yeah, they were losing. The Chargers were losing. Wait a minute. They need the score to take the lead. All right, maybe I'm confusing. <laughs> See, but they, my point was with Joey Sutton. They, they were playing for the field goal to run more clock down and then kick it. Okay, all yeah. right. I was confusing games. Yeah, but I'm just saying I, I, it's, it's a little different when you're inside the five. I mean, NFL kickers are almost never missing those kicks, although it does still happen. But it's just the whole mentality of we're going to hold for the last shot when we're losing. I, I, it's... I don't think it's ever really the smartest of plays because when you don't score, it's over. Right, right. And that's my point. That's my point, that I had a very long and roundabout way of saying. <laughs> <laughs> Joey uh, made it concise there. Yeah, sure. But I will, I will say this, and I do think Buffalo probably still is the best team. I, the Ravens have had a lot of, you know, wins are wins, but let's be honest. Hey, they kick a 66-yarder to win a game one time against the Lions. They had to come back from 22-3, to three, and they earned the wins. They, the wins are wins. I hate the argument of, well, this team could be one in blank if this happened. I hate that argument, but I will say the Ravens have been a little fortunate this year, and you need some luck. Every good team has luck within, within the season. Yeah, you got to be lucky to be good and good to be lucky. Yeah, absolutely. But I will say this, what concerns me at Buffalo, the running game is going to be an issue. Zach Moss and Devin Singletary are not big, bruising backs, and they're very small. They... they you're not giving them the ball on fourth and inches. Right. Uh, that, that's for sure. And I, I do think later on in the year, when you, especially up in Buffalo, I mean, it gets cold as anywhere up there. And, any, and some of the places they're going to have to play, potentially, maybe the AFC goes through Buffalo. But regardless, at some point or another, they're going to have to run the football to have some success. And Zach Moss, I think he's a very talented pass catcher. Same with Singletary. But they are not these downhill runners that, that, uh, you, know, that you would feel comfortable giving the ball on third and short, fourth and short. I mean, if it's not... If it's third and more than two, the Bills are probably throwing the football. Yeah, and, and it will come to hurt them. Say they have to play anyone in the AFC North, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, or Cleveland, because technically all three of those are sitting right at, right near a playoff spot, even yep. though I think Pittsburgh's a pretender. Yeah. Uh, any one of those, you play there in January, that wins whipping around. Good, good luck trying to get a lot of accurate passes. Same with you go. And they're all going to be running the football successfully. Right. Same if you go to Kansas City, and I think Denver's a pretender. Both of them sitting right around the playoff spot. Yeah. But either of those in January. I mean, in their own home field. <laughs> it's in yeah, January. It's going to be tough to try to chuck the ball around 50 times. 
So I do think that might present an issue for them at some point. But, um, I mean, Josh Allen is a great quarterback. He's probably in the MVP talk. Threw a bad interception yesterday while he was getting hit. But, uh, I don't know, I give it Buffalo. You guys still saying Baltimore as the best team in the AFC currently? I mean, I'll see. Yeah. It's a yeah, fluid I think, situation. I sticking with it. Week to week. Again, if, if you're asking me. I didn't this, want to be the homer in the, this week, in the studio. So. This week, I'm going Baltimore as the best team. Now, it can change on Sunday. Obviously, a lot of things are going to change. Like I said, it's fluid. But I think Baltimore has earned the right through the first six games to be the best team in the AFC to this point. Yeah, that's fair. And I will say, you know, Andrew brought up the Chargers, and they are a good team, but that defense got to figure something out because, I mean, they've given up 47 and 34 in the past couple weeks. Yeah. So while we're here, talked about the best, best team. Who's the biggest pretender for you guys in the AFC? Pretender? I, Pretender. I'm, I, you know, I, I think the Steelers I don't think pretending. the Titans are that good, despite we talked about their win yesterday. Yeah, and, uh, but their, their issue is everyone knows that. I don't think of them because everyone knows that division's bad. Yeah. See, I, w- I would go with probably Denver or, or Pittsburgh. I think anybody in the West that's not, can- that's not Kansas City and the Chargers, and I know everybody's freaking out, Kansas City, Guess what? They played their best half of football in that Washington game. I know Washington's had an abysmal defense this year, but I'm just saying it just takes a couple games. If Kansas City gets rolling again, I mean, nobody's going to want to play them come, come late, later on in the season. Um, and, yeah, I don't, think, I, don't think, I don't think Vegas is, is that team. Uh, I don't think. Maybe Gruden was holding them back the whole time. I mean, they looked pretty darn good against Denver. on, <laughs> But I don't think Denver's that good of a team either. Uh, biggest pretender. I mean, I I still say the Titans. I mean, they are four and two, and like currently the three seed in the AFC. So I I pick them. Okay. I don't yeah. think they're that good. They lost to the Jets. I I just think, and I know it's not an easy thing to do, but if you stop Derrick Henry, you stop the Titans. Like that's that's just my belief. Like, right. right. I, I'm going with the Steelers. I mean, you look at it. They did beat the Bills week one. They lost I still to the can't figure out how they won that game. Yeah, me either. They lost to the Raiders, a team we talked about being a pretender. Uh, they lost to the Bengals, quality loss. Uh, Bengals are looking to be a team like the team that we didn't think we were going to see in the beginning of the season, to be honest. They lost to the Packers, quality loss. Beat the Broncos, Broncos are bad. We talked about them being a pretender. Lost to a Russell Wilsonless Seahawks. Beat them. Or sorry, beat a Russell Wilsonless Seahawks. Yeah, in overtime. Who was it? Was it me and you, Andrew, talking about? I forget who it was, but Chris Collinsworth said something like he didn't know how much yeah, Russell me Wilson meant to the Seahawks. How, how does that man not know how much Russell Wilson means to the Seahawks? How, how does anyone yeah, who I mean, watches just, or listens or knows anything about football? I would not think Collins were to play for the Bengals, honestly. Anytime he does a Steelers game, he seems like the biggest Big Ben, their defense, the, like the biggest fan. Yeah. No, I'm with you. But I, I just don't understand how anyone who knows anything about football would think, Oh, I didn't think Russell Wilson was actually that big. Anybody of a part. knows anything about football? I don't. I didn't know this team's starting quarterback was that big of a part of their offense. Like, what, right. what kind of yeah, statement? Yeah, you is and that? I had you and I had the conversation, and maybe Connor, you agree with us. Outside of teams that are like having quarterback battles to begin with, like your Houston's or your yeah, teams are bad quarterbacks. Washington. Yeah, when the backup Washington, comes in, it's not that big a difference. But like when a team like Seattle or you know, any contender, any decent team loses their Baltimore, starting quarterback. Like it's an, Bills. Ob- it's an obvious. Yeah. yeah, believe it or not, Mitch Trubisky would not look the same in the Bills offense as Josh Allen. Uh, yeah, it's just a weird statement. Like, it's like a no-duh. Yeah. yeah. 
and especially Russell Wilson. I mean, like, so, take his team to two Super Bowls, and I think has an MVP with him. Nope, never won an MVP. He hasn't had an MVP vote. Yeah, because he's always like the week six. He's the first. He's usually the first six weeks. He's the best player on the planet, but then kind of tapers off. Hmm. But anyway, so we got our picks right now. AFC best team, Millsy and uh, Andrew going with the Ravens. I will stay with the Bills for now. I won't let one bad game because I do think the Bills are really good. Uh, every NFL team has its deficiencies, and I do think in the AFC, with how good it is, any of them could end up beating anybody on any day, especially when you get into single elimination in the playoffs. So. But uh, it'll be interesting development to finish. But a team that's right in it is the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, playoffs were today. They have a spot. Talked about it a little earlier. They beat Baltimore. They could. Uh, they would jump up. No matter what everybody else does, they'd jump up to the uh, the number one seed in the AFC this week at this point in the season. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that on the other side of this break. This is the Sports Fan presented by J and K Contracting on 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or, during times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's Care from the Heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice, we celebrate life. Live and local, the sports fan on 970-WATH. Inside the studio here from Sports Fan. Halfway through the show. Got you all the way up to 7 p.m. this evening. And then Columbus Blue Jackets will take over for their matchup tonight with the Detroit Red Wings. Good opportunity for Columbus to start out 3-0 on the uh, on the young season. By another young rebuilding team in Detroit, even though it's been a couple years for Detroit now. So we'll see if they can start to piece it together a little bit. But we'll talk about that. Does, uh, does Detroit have a team that's not rebuilding? No. They're all terrible. <laughs> Yeah, Lions. Yeah. Uh, I was, I was even trying to think of... Uh... Red Wings. I mean, the Red Wings were at least... Well, I mean, to be fair, the Tigers were good in the 2010s as well. Yeah, it's, but it was a hard crash down for uh, Detroit sports in the past decade. But anyway, so we kind of talked about this before the break. Uh, Cincinnati, big game coming up this weekend, playing Baltimore on the road. A chance to go 2-0 in the AFC North, a chance to go 3-0 in the AFC. And with a victory, they'd be the number one seed at this point in the season. In the AFC, which I'm not sure if many people would have put them in that discussion to this point. Um, but we were just talking about it during the break. It is a brutal stretch of games uh, coming up here for for Cincinnati. I mean, after this Baltimore game, you get the Jets. Then you got to play the Browns, 500 team. Oakland's above 500. Steelers, 500. Chargers, above 500. Niners, above 500. Broncos. Nope, the Niners aren't. Two and three. Oh, that's right. They did lose a couple in a row. 
The Broncos on the roads, tough game, play Baltimore again, play the Chiefs at home, and then the Browns again. So Yeah, nine of uh nine of the next eleven, all above five hundred plus teams. And while it is all good and well, and they looked really good on Sunday against Detroit, who was a bad football team. Uh the the combined amount of wins of the teams that they've beaten is seven. You got a three win Pittsburgh team, you beat a three win Vikings team, and then you beat a one win Jaguars team, and you got a zero win Lions team. So Hasn't been the, the best victories for them this year. Now, going to Pittsburgh and win is a, is a big accomplishment. But this game, this one is could start, if they go out and win this one in Baltimore on Sunday, you're going to have to start to talk about this Cincinnati team. There, 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 there cannot be any more questions of if they can do it. It at that point has to become they can and they need to make the playoffs or else Zach Taylor could be in trouble because if they go to 5-2, and two, first in the AFC North, they'll have a couple games up on everybody else in terms of division record, I mean, at that point, they become the favorites to win the division. Yeah. Well, I think it goes back to, I I know that I do this a lot, jump back and forth between sports, but remember how we talked about the end of the red season where we said expectations change, right? I mean, the Reds at the beginning of the season, you didn't expect them to be in the postseason. They did extremely well. They put themselves in a good position to make it, and then they just didn't. I think, like you said, this is the game for the Cincinnati Bengals. If the Bengals beat Baltimore, now it turns into they need to make the postseason. These guys have to go out and get the job done against a very tough schedule. But if you beat Baltimore, which is, that's the test, right? I mean, if you can get past Baltimore, you can make the postseason for the first time since 2015. And you're probably on a two-game winning streak, right? I mean, if you beat Baltimore... You got the Jets next week. That's your last kind of easy game. You don't know what the Steelers will be, you know, healthy, not healthy, come time they uh, they play them later on in the season. You got our top Chargers team. And then I don't really know what the 49ers have. But outside of those couple of teams, you know, the Niners and the Jets, there's not an easy game. 49ers are not a bad football no, team. They're no, they're not. not. The Jets are a bad football team. And I, I say that as a Jets fan. The Jets are a bad football team. They are rebuilding. But the 49ers are decent. But if you're going to say, where are they favored down the stretch, potentially? And that all hinges on, is Cleveland healthy, too? Is Baker which now Mayfield, they're not. <laughs> which, which they're not. So I would favor Cincinnati over Cleveland. I'd favor them over the Jets at this point. But I, I, other than that, you know, two games against the Ravens. Uh, maybe the Broncos. I, I think they could probably beat the Broncos. But A tough game on the road. It is. But again, you got the Browns, you got the Raiders, you got the Steelers again. Like I don't, it's it doesn't get easy. But this is where you you say that those expectations change. If they change, it's going to be on Sunday, when or if they beat Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. And in order to do that, it'd be something that they hadn't done since Lamar Jackson has taken over quarterback. I mean, the series was actually Cincinnati. Cincinnati, when Joe Flacco was with the Ravens for over a decade, had a very good record against them. Uh, and they, they even brought the all-time series. They were leading it. Here are the scores between the Ravens and Cincinnati since Lamar Jackson took over as the Ravens' starting quarterback. Back in 2018, this is Lamar Jackson's first-ever NFL start. 24-21, Baltimore wins. The next year, Lamar gets a crack at him twice. First game's 23-17. Looks close on paper. I'll give you a caveat. Garbage time touchdown for Cincinnati. Under two minutes left in the game to make it 23-17. They also ran a kickoff back in that game to keep it that close. This is when it starts skipping. The next time that year, 49-13, Baltimore and Cincinnati victory. 
Joe Burrow, first time playing the Ravens. Everybody, oh, maybe this offense can turn a cornerstone. Arguably the worst game of his career, 27-3, Baltimore won in Cincinnati. And then last year, Week 17, Baltimore had to win to make the playoffs. Nobody thought Cincinnati would win that game. It was, uh, it was Brandon Allen, a quarterback, pretty much a dead Bengals team. Baltimore beat him 38-3, ran for 450 yards. This Cincinnati team, since Lamar Jackson has taken over, has been dominated by the Ravens. Yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> oh, yeah, real quick. Joe, let me take you back to a couple games. With the zero blitz that was against, that the Steelers used against Joe Burrow uh, when he was leading them over the win against Pittsburgh. He, he specifically said, you know, their defensive coordinator came from Baltimore. Baltimore likes to do this. Do you think in his off, you know, his time off, his recovery time, that he knew that that was his worst game and that he's been preparing for that game ever since, you know, he, he went on to the IR and, and, and had to deal with the injury recovery. To me, it seems like that's been in the back of his head with the way that he spoke after the game like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he knew. I mean, he seems like a pretty self-aware guy. I don't think he's one of those guys going to BS you and tell you he played good when he didn't. I mean, his only time playing the Ravens in his career, 19 to 30, 183 yards, one pick. He got sacked seven times. So, I mean, the numbers say that. And as you said, uh, you know, that is probably something that, that he was aware of and you know, you just, we talked about it a little earlier. You heard Herbert last week. Baltimore, they don't run their base defense ever. They have a new plan for whoever they're playing every single week. And I have seen Burrow has done well against the Blitz this year. And I know Martindale, the D coordinator for Baltimore, that's his MO. But when they played Mahomes earlier this year, they didn't Blitz. They sat back and they didn't play great defensively, but they did enough to win, forced a couple turnovers when they had to have them. Um, so he's very good at adjusting on the fly to his opponent. And I'm sure Burrow's going to be ready, and he's going to be expecting all the exotic looks that he's going to get. But, I mean, at this point, you know, no one in this locker room has beaten the Baltimore Ravens. And it's a lot of turnover from since the beginning of the Lamar Jackson era in Baltimore. And Taylor's pretty much gotten a, a whole new crew of guys in there. But I, it's got to be something that looms over until they're able to beat Baltimore or at least play a competitive game. You know that that they gotta they gotta that's something they think that they're gonna have to overcome, and it is interesting that you bring that point up, and we'll see what happens. Um, I mean, you know, Joe's got to get the ball out quick because Baltimore will have no issue sending the house play in and play out, especially if they smell blood in the water. You saw last week, Patrick Queen, who's had a very rough year this year, LSU teammate to Burrow, middle linebacker for the Ravens, arguably the best game of his young career was also in that Cincinnati game in Baltimore last year, so. That's going to be something interesting to follow. And I think this is going to be really the first true test. Well, I mean, they did play Khalil Mack in that Bears front. So uh, it's, uh, I guess, going to be another test of, is that offensive line going to hold up? Everyone said they're, they're waiting for it to fall. They're waiting for it to fall. They're waiting for it not to be that great and, like, finally come back to where they thought it was going to be. If it holds up against Baltimore and it holds up against other teams in the division because the Steelers have T.J. Watt, the Browns have Clowney and Garrett, and the Baltimore one's good as well. If they hold up, then at what point in time do we say, all right, this offensive line of Cincinnati is better than we expected. It was. It is holding up long enough for Joe to get the ball off or at least doing its job. Well, the two differences between, you know, that Khalil Mack offensive line that, that, that Mac had to go through on, on Cincinnati and, and the one that's right now for, for Cincinnati, they've changed it up a little bit. 
Um, they went with uh, Jackson Carmen and started him. Yeah, hopefully he isn't going to tomahawk this week after uh, eating some spaghetti up in Detroit. You guys <laughs> see that story? Mom's spaghetti. Yeah, yeah, his yeah. listing is questionable it's right okay. now. They got good food in Baltimore. You don't have to worry about that. But, you know, it's, I think it's a big test, like Andrew was saying, in both ways. But the, the change is you know, Jackson Carmen starting, uh, or maybe he doesn't start. Maybe Trey Hill uh, gets a start, or, or I know Deontay Smith went on the IR, but uh, hopefully Carmen's there to where you, know, you can kind of test your new guy against what is a, a talented defensive line. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we will, and the, the big matchup is on the flip side of the ball. Uh, Cincinnati's defense against Lamar Jackson, that offense is also going to be key. To this point, I mean, Cincinnati's defense, despite they let Devontae Adams have a huge game and Aaron Jones ran over 100 yards, but they still, in overtime, held Green Bay to just 25 points. They were able to force field goals when they needed to, very much a bend-don't-break kind of mentality, and keeping them out of the end zone allowed them to stay in that game as long as they did. And that's going to be something they're going to have to do this weekend as well against Baltimore. Here's the, been the big thing, fellas. I mean... Lamar Jackson and the Ravens have ran all over Cincinnati the past two years. I mean, they've gone over 200 yards multiple times. They ran for 450 in that Week 17 game last year, right? I mean, that's just an issue that, uh, that can't continue to happen for them this year if they're going to hang in this game. Now, Cincinnati has been top 10 in the run this year. They sit at eighth, 90.5 a game. Baltimore comes in as the fourth rushing attack. They haven't been quite as dominant as they've been in past years. They lost their two starting running backs. They're going with the, the 2015 running back stable right now with Freeman, Bell, and uh, Latavius Murray, who got a little banged up in the game, so we'll see if he plays. But um, that's going to be the key. Can this Cincinnati defense, they poured a lot of money into the front. DJ Reader, Hendrickson, Wilson at linebacker is going to be a big deal. They're going to need to make plays in the run game because Baltimore, if you let them break loose in the run game they will not stop doing it they will run it over and over and over until you stop it and as we've seen the past couple weeks lamar jackson he didn't have his best throwing day against the chargers and they still won 34 to 6 was a little concerning but the two weeks prior nobody in the nfl threw more passing yards in those two weeks than he did so you're gonna have to account this is not just a ravens team that you can line up and say all right we stop the run and lamar we win the game no they can pick you apart in the passing game as well and it's going to be about staying disciplined, playing your man, playing your gaps on defense, on that read option. That's going to be what's key for Cincinnati to keep this offense from going off like they have the last few times they played. Yeah, and to that point, the 25 points against the Packers was the most they've given up all season long. They had the only, only other time that they allowed more than 20 points has been the Jaguars who had 21 and the Vikings who had 24. I'm sorry, the Bears also had 20. So, yeah. all right. But still, I mean, giving up around 20, 25 points in a NFL game, it's a pretty solid defense right there, to be honest. And when you're, the problem is, as you go back and got, now granted, you can't fault a team for playing the teams that they put in front of them, but the teams that they gave up and the losses to, the Bears, Bears are terrible on offense. Yeah. Justin Fields, which that wasn't Justin Fields' first game, was it? The, Bears, uh, he, the Browns was his first game. Yes, correct. But Fields got into that Fields game. Fields played. Dalton got hurt. Right. Okay, so Fields came in and played. But still, Bears are bad on offense. The Steelers, bad on offense, which they held them to 10 points. Good yeah, for them. and also, you got to remember, they turned the ball over in four straight possessions in that Bears, including a pick six. 
Wasn't that a uh, three straight interceptions by Burrow? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, comparable, if you want to, the two worst games he's played in his career is that Bears game this year and that Ravens game last year. Okay, so the Bears, the Bears score was aided by bad offense on the Bengals' side. Yes. But giving up 21 points to the Jaguars and 78 yards, two touchdowns to James Robinson, not great. Allowing Jones and Devontae Packer to run all over you, not the best. But they did respond with a good result from the Lions. I mean, DeAndre Swift only had 24 yards on 13 carries. Goff didn't have a touchdown. They did allow Hawkinson to get some yards, but that's just because Hawkinson's a great tight end. So uh, it, it'll, be, it'll be interesting. This is, again, I mentioned it with the offensive line, but this is the real show-me for the Bengals defense. You, you can't start out slow. They started out slow last week. They started out slow against the Jaguars. started out slow against Green Bay. They've started out slow in a lot of first halves on offense this year. And the Ravens are one of those teams. Chargers found out. You start out slow, you blink. You're down 17 nothing. They're just running the football over and over again. You're lost. It's over, especially in that building. It's a very tough place to go and win, uh, especially under Harbaugh. And that's going to be another big matchup. Zach Taylor, you know, he's been questioned a lot in his tenure. Many people say if he doesn't meet certain criteria this year, this could be his last year. He's got to go and win a game on the road against a great coach. They went and beat Tomlin early this year. Harbaugh's another one of those great coaches who's been around for 10-plus years in the, uh, in the NFL. But, boys, before we throw to one last break, let's address the Logan Wilson situation. Um, I don't think there was any ill will in his comments about Lamar Jackson. I think what he was saying was he is a quarterback who also has the running ability of a running back but also is a great passing quarterback. That's what I took it as. I know it's been kind of blown out of proportion on social media. Uh, maybe I don't think Jackson – I mean, Jackson is the kind of guy, you, you know, he's had the comments, not bad for a running back. He hears what people say about him. But I don't think Logan Wilson – in this instance, was trying to show any ill will. You guys can disagree. I know Millsy was talking about it earlier on today. Yeah, I don't think he was going with any ill will. I think he was just trying to talk kind of uh, not defensive scheme, but defensively, you know, kind of how he's trying to prepare for it, right? Because I mean, I hope he doesn't believe Lamar Jackson, the running back, because he's going to get no. torched on Sunday if that's the case. Right, and again, if you take a look at what Jackson has done just this season alone, he has a 400-yard passing game. He's right? top 10 in, in passing and rushing in the yeah. NFL. So, again, uh, you can't just look at him in one way, and I think Logan Wilson was saying something to that effect. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it was as an insult, and even Logan Wilson went to social media and you know comp was very complimentary of Lamar Jackson and just the way that he plays. I don't think there's any other player in the NFL like Lamar. Um, you know, he's... he's above-average dual threat. I mean, he's a star dual threat quarterback to the fullest extent. Yeah, and I think that's what Wilson was getting at. Is He even came out and defended it and said, I, I wasn't saying he was a running back as in he can't throw the ball. I'm saying he is an elite passer that is also an elite runner as well. So uh, he came out and he made sure that it wasn't bulletin board material for the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think... Jackson, pretty motivated guy, regardless anyway of what everybody else says about him on on social media and other stuff. I know players sometimes try to pretend they don't see it. Uh, I think they do, and I think uh, you know Jamar Chase. Is, it's the same thing with the the, the thing that he couldn't catch the ball. And I'm sure many people are like, oh, he doesn't read that. I mean, it's been brought up in several press conferences by Burrow, by him, by everybody. you know players hear these things when you say them about him. But again, I don't think Wilson meant anything by it. I think. As we've alluded to, he was saying, you know, he's a great quarterback with the ability to run like a running back, and that's something that 
that's very hard to address and scheme for. But Wilson, he's obviously been unreal at the linebacker position. Uh, I think he has four interceptions on the season now, which uh, you don't really see a linebacker doing. But uh, he's going to be chasing Lamar a lot in that game, and he's going to have a big game for Cincinnati to win on Sunday. Cincinnati currently six-point dogs at the moment going in the Baltimore. It opened up at six and a half, though, so people are going on Cincinnati. So it should be interesting to uh, see. But again, Burrow, I, I'm sure this is bulletin board material for himself that, you know, that Baltimore defense got the best of them last year. I mean, they scored three points, and the, the field goal came, I think, with under a minute left on the clock. So they were shut down for, for most of that game. Yeah, I mean, uh, Burrow, like Millsy talked about earlier, when he was injured, sat there, like, looked at the film. I, I'm sure he did. He's a He's a competitor. He's everyone knows it in the area. Everyone, I mean, you you don't get to that level if you're not a competitor and sit there and go, okay, all right, I need to fix this. I need to fix that. Or if you do get to that level and you're not, you fizzle out real quick. That's not what Joe Burrow seems like to me or seems like to anyone else at all. So I'm sure he's probably sat there and watched that game seven or eight times, figuring out, okay, all right, I need to change this little thing. I need to change this little thing. Yeah, absolutely, and he's going to have to be ready for it all because Baltimore is not afraid to throw the kitchen sink at a quarterback, especially a young one. So it's going to be a fun matchup to watch on Sunday, um, which between I think is right now the two best teams in the AFC North. So we'll see what happens. But we got to get to one final break here on the other side. We'll talk a little bit about the matchup between the Detroit Red Wings and the Columbus Blue Jackets as that will start off at 7.30 this evening. This is a sports fan presented by J&K Contracting on 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. King Ace Hardware in Middleport, Ohio is proud to carry Magnolia Home Paint by Joanna Gaines. Joanna has partnered with Kills to create a premium paint line and a coordinated color palette that makes creating classic looks simple. And with its hardworking durability and stain resistance, you can protect the value that you create. So to start turning your vision into a reality, come talk to the helpful folks at King Ace Hardware in Middleport. Have you heard of Project Rise? Are you a parent in Athens, Meigs, Perry, or Vinton counties? We provide internships, job shadowing, work study, transition planning, and graduation coaching. All students and parents have free access to these resources. For more information, please find us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. There are numerous free events and resources that you need to know about. Act now. Project Rise will help you with your future after high school. Follow us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. Stay informed about the stock market from Goldsberry Wealth Strategies. Weekdays at 5.30 on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. The report follows the news. Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Goldsberry Wealth Strategies is not a broker-dealer and is independent of RJFS. It's when we dig deep. Loses it to Bjorkstrand, leads it now for Texier, steps around his man, left wing circle. To do the right thing at the right moment. All the way around behind the net, wrap around and score! Shoot, Tex! It's our blue, and out of our blue, we rise. Choose the games you want and flexible payment options with the Blue Jackets ticket plan for the 2021-2022 season. Text TICKET to 26791 for more information. Hello, everyone. It's John Kozik, founder and president of TurboTrack Realty, and I buy houses as is fast for cash. 
Call me today for an all-cash offer on any of your properties, and we can close within days at 614-470-2000, 614-470-2000. Do you own a property that's outdated and needs thousands of dollars in repairs? Great, I'll buy it. I'm a private real estate investor who can solve your real estate problems fast for cash. Do you want to sell and just be done with it? Okay, great. I buy vacant properties, boarded up houses, pre-foreclosures, and inherited properties. I also buy apartment buildings, rental portfolios, divorce homes. I even buy my tenant-won't-pay-me-the-rent houses. I look forward to solving your real estate problems today. Call me today for an all-cash offer at 614-470-2000. 614-470-2000. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Five minutes until we throw it over to the Columbus Blue Jackets pregame for their matchup tonight with the Detroit Red Wings. Columbus 2-0 on the season, won 8-2 in their first game against the Coyotes and then won an overtime against the Kraken on Saturday. Uh, Detroit comes in at 1-0-1 on the year. And, Andrew, uh, a real opportunity for Columbus to come out of the gates 3-0 before they start a, a, you know, a tougher stretch of play with teams like uh, the Islanders and Hurricanes and Dallas. And, you know, it would just be a great for this young team to start out 3-0, nine points, get it out of the way. Yeah, it's a great confidence boost. You, uh, we talk about Cincinnati a lot. Cincinnati, if they started down, you think this team would be where they're at now? No, uh, the Jackets starting off. Hot. They got to keep it hot against or, uh, Detroit. That I, mean, I don't know how good Detroit is. You look at the games they lost. The overtime loss to Tampa. That's a good one. And then I they think were winning they that one co- pretty late in the game, though. Yeah, by a few goals. Like it was like an all-time collapse by by Detroit. Okay, all right. And then uh, they also beat the Canucks, I believe, three to one. But the Jackets they don't have Elvis and Net tonight. They're going with Corpusalo. They're injured a little bit with Domi out, but they get a. Yegor Chinnikov, I believe is how it's pronounced, in there. So another another rookie, the guy that's that's the third guy already this season making his NHL debut, and then he becomes the sixth guy to make his Columbus Blue Jackets debut this season. So already a little bit of a test, but somehow the power play is magically fixed, something that has been broken for three and a half years. Uh, I mean, you got two great goaltenders. It's not like there's much of a drop-off going from Elvis to Corpusalo. So, I mean, if they can just keep doing what they're doing, they should be 3-0. and And like you mentioned, they have a much tougher stretch coming up with the Islanders and the Hurricanes. So that's where they'll really find out what they're made of. But confidence is key. Who's impressed you throughout these first couple games? Uh, I mean, honestly, it's Domi was one of those. He, he had a bad, bad, bad year last year. And people are saying they shouldn't have paid him. He had 20 points all last last season we're two games through and he's already got three points all three of them were assists and the other one is uh oliver borkstrand he uh 
I know, I know it's early in the season. He was expected to do a lot, but he's already got two goals, two assists through two games. So, I mean, those two really impressed me a lot. Elvis, well, I mean, Elvis is Elvis. You can't really be impressed when he makes incredible saves, much like when Bob was going out there making crazy saves on a 2 on 0 You sit there and be impressed, but then you're actually like, well, I mean, he does it on a consistent basis. Are you really impressed? But Tough crowd. Well, I mean, I honestly, I think, I hate to harp on some guy that's not on the team anymore or build some guy up that's not on the team anymore, but it was legit. If there was a 2 on 0 and it was Sergei Wabrowski in net, I felt pretty confident that they weren't going to score. I don't, I don't care what they... It was almost like Bob was in the situation he wanted to. If it was a 2-1-0, it was like he controlled it. Yeah, I've been to one jacket in my life, and he, uh, he shot out the caps, 2-zip. Yeah, he, uh, it, was it was not in the postseason then. Great season that game. It was a regular down, season. Sit then. down on the ice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I can't. I'm mean, paying for a postseason hockey thing. You crazy? Postseason the upper bowl was like 150. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Before when Columbus first started getting in the postseason, the tickets were pretty cheap. Well, yeah, because yeah, well, you guys would have took anybody in the freaking stadium in those days. They just came out. Yeah, and honestly, the first two times we played Pittsburgh, it was honestly more of a Pittsburgh game, home game than it was Blue Jackets, but that's changed now. We're a hockey town. Connor is still here. He's taking a nap for the last segment, but uh, we are just about to wrap up the show. Anything else you got? Go Blue Jackets. All right, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Pre-game coming on right after the sports fan wraps up here in about 30 seconds. Almost Blue Jackets. Fire up to Detroit to take on the Red Wings. This has been the sports fan. by J&K Contracting. For Andrew Allison and Connor Mills, I'm Joey Medor. Have a great night, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Seventy-second year of serving Southeast Ohio. AM nine seventy and ninety-seven point one FM. W A T H FM.